Welcome to Dudes on Movies, a podcast where dudes talk about movies. I'm your dude, Scott. I'm your dude, Dave. And today we're discussing 1999's The Iron Giant, directed by Brad Bird, starring Jennifer Aniston and Harry Connick Jr. But before we do that, let's talk about what we've been watching. Dave, what have you been watching? There's a, a movie from 1982 um, really, called Basket Case. I've heard of Basket Case. You should see Basket Case. Is it uh, good? Yeah, it's it's like no, no. This is not a good movie, it, but it's um, but it's it's good in that uh-huh. like you know you, you'll you'll really enjoy yourself. It's about a guy who has a uh, a conjoined twin who ha- that has been like actually removed from him, mm-hmm. and now he's just a growth in a picnic basket. Yep. And um, he's you know really uh, murderous and you know can't be controlled except by the guy, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's it's so it's such a good time. It sounds I've I've I think I've read like a top ten list with this movie on it. Yeah, and I don't remember what the list was, but it had something to do with this. Yes, I mean like the the, the dude's name is Mike, I believe, and then like you're waiting to hear the name of the twin of of the guy in the basket. For is it like Quato? It's almost Quato, <laughs> nice. and it looks just like Quato. That's awesome. Um, it kind of lo- or like you know. Uh, Mother brain or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's really gross. His name's Belial. Belial? Yes. Okay. I mean, it makes no sense. It's not benign. <laughs> it should be benign. Okay. Yes. <laughs> this but, yeah. sounds ridiculous. Oh, man. Yeah, basket case. It's, 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 it's quite a time. Okay. <laughs> I watched The Giver. Have you heard of this? Uh, I've it's heard of that, Based on the yes. book from the 90s. Uh-huh. It's a, like kind of a YA novel type thing. Yeah. There's a dystopian future, not dystopian. It's utopian, actually. Utopian. But they've uh, they've gotten they may just get rid of all your emotions, and then nothing bad happens. Oh, it's okay. one of those things. But there's one guy who remembers all the past. Uh huh. Um, and that's the giver, and he gives it to the receiver, and you know, because the giver's gonna die, and he has to give the memories to a new person. I see. And I guess they hold on to the memories so they can advise the people who don't remember anything. Like, no, this isn't a good idea. Remember? <laughs> well, you don't remember. But, uh-huh. Okay. Um, and it's about him giving memories to another guy. Okay. Or something. All right. Um, and then they eventually decide, no, this isn't good. Everyone should remember everything. Yes. You know, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, the story's good, but the execution isn't very well done. Mm. It's got, like, Jeff Bridges and Meryl Streep. What? Yeah. Um. Jeff Bridges is the giver. Okay. And he's pretty good. It's kind of like, every time I see Jeff Bridges, I'm like, that's the dude. Of course. I can't help it. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) the movie is flawed. Uh Uh-huh. I enjoyed it, but it had a lot of big problems. It Every all these concepts are very heavy concepts. Like we're we're suppressing your mind. Yeah. So you can't think. Right. Basically. Uh but they don't give it like the time it needs to be you know, emotionally impactful at all. It's just uh-huh. kind of like, let's get through this story. Yes. Let's go. Yes. Uh, so it's okay. If you like kind of science fiction stuff like this, it's it's not bad, but it definitely needs some work. When you changed your synopsis to that it was a utopian society, mm-hmm. um, I realized right then that, that something was going to mess this up because yeah. like every time there's a utopian society, it turns into dystopian. Right. Eventually yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> right. someone has like just, it didn't take with somebody. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So in this one, it's Jeff Bridges. Okay. So. <laughs> anyway, so now uh, question of the week last week was, what's your favorite director's cut? And on Instagram, at Tenacious Eats, says Blade Runner. You know? 
Not a surprise. <laughs> that is okay. Yeah, everyone. Uh, that's everyone's favorite. I think. I, I probably oh. so. Yeah. And uh, here's a hint, folks. That's what we're doing next week, actually. <laughs> yeah, that, that couldn't have been more, uh, you know, like on point. Definitely appropriate. Right. And we're gonna do the final cut. Which is from 2007, I think, from a movie from 1982. <laughs> yes. It took 25 years to get the right cut in, and well, we've got it. You know, in 20 years, we'll get Gladiator final cut. And I'll, and I'll have thought it was a masterpiece, I'm sure. Right, yeah. You'll be like, oh, that key scene was added. Exactly. And it changed yes, everything. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get into this week's movie, Dave, The uh-huh. Iron Giant. So why don't you give everyone a synopsis? Sure. This is an animated film. Um, and it is uh, taking place in what we're what we what looks like kind of like the Red Scare, so fifties and sixties in America. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody is um, like afraid of nuclear war, and um, there's this kid named Hogarth who is kind of an outsider, um, and he uh, like has a he has a mom who 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 works at a diner and she's she's a single mom working mm-hmm. really hard. And he gets into these like adventures, and she has to kind of always, you know, get him out of stuff. And one day he uh, meets this um, this gigantic metallic um, robot robot who becomes his friend uh, after he eventually realizes he's not out to get him. Mm-hmm. He has to then like somehow hide this guy from the rest of the town before they can, you know, so that they don't freak out and real think that he's a monster. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an ET story. It is. Um, Except E.T. doesn't have lasers coming out of his face and stuff. It doesn't, yeah. exactly. And like just like E.T., it teaches kids um, to not trust government adults. Yes. Um, and just adults in general. The really. best. The best. <laughs> the best kind of lesson a kid can be taught. I hope my kids aren't listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> exactly. Listen to your parents, no matter what. Please. Uh-huh, yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, it, just like in E.T., the government's coming for them. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. In this movie... They want to destroy them. Yeah. In E.T., they're trying to study them. They're not trying to kill them, per se. Right. Peter Coyote is less evil than Christopher McDonald. Oh, yeah. Christopher McDonald plays Special Agent Mansley mm-hmm. or something in this. Shooter yes. McGavin. Is, I, I hear his voice, and I'm just like, God. Yeah. It's 1990s Christopher McDonald, and I'm like, damn. I, you I know, love it. I mean, like, Christopher McDonald is, like, the personification of, like, rancid adulthood. Yeah, you know whether it's like okay, you just mentioned Shooter McGavin. I didn't mm-hmm. even have that in my in my head, but like Requiem for a Dream, uh-huh. The Skulls, SLC Punk, Yep, House Arrest, The Faculty, all through the nineties. <laughs> I you forgot know? he was in The Faculty. That's yeah. so true. Yeah, he's yeah. like Elijah Wood's dad. <laughs> he's right. like one of the first like pods. Uh huh. That's yeah. right. He's good in SLC Punk. <laughs> yes, I he love is. him. Yeah, he's good in this movie too. He's awesome. Um, and we said Jennifer Aniston is it like kind of starring in the movie? She's really not. She's kind of. I know. Background in it. She's she the mom. And she gets top billing because she's Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. It was 1999. That's, that's why. Yeah. Um, and the kid should really get top billing. I don't right. know who it, who plays him. I forget. Yeah. Um, Hope it wasn't somebody big. Um, no, it's um, El Marienthal. Something like that. El Marienthal? Eli Marienthal. Oh, okay. Like okay. Yeah, it's Eli. Don't know who he is. Okay. But he was in like American Pie. Oh. And American Pie 2. <laughs> and Jack Frost with Michael Keaton. So. Did he make it to the Naked Mile, part five of American Pie Saga? I don't know. Eugene Levy did, that's oh, for yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, he sure did. Right. <laughs> but anyway, the movie's about the the friendship between the giant and the kid, mm-hmm. and it's about the Red Scare, yeah. basically. The subversiveness of the movie is that the governments are always fighting each other, yeah. and everyone's terrified that the bomb's going to come at all time. Right. And we've talked about Chris McDonald's character, and it's... 
he's just concerned that the robot is evil because the U.S. didn't build it, so someone else did, and that's enough reason to blow it to kingdom come. Exactly. I think that's the exact line. Yes. Because I wrote it down, and I think I memorized it. Yeah. Well, good, because <laughs> and, and that's that, 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 that's a, that's generally the message of the movie, and, and what I like about it is that, is that they were doing this... Not this movie wasn't made in 1962, right? So it wasn't like like sort of filmmakers and artists rebelling against the current climate. That they, they, yeah. they were doing something that was like, you know, during Clinton's America, mm-hmm. where where everything was just about as good as it could be, you know. Mm-hmm. And but they're they're like saying, hey, you know, wake up, everybody, you yeah, because this still exists, and 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 this is like that. There are plenty of people in this country who still feel this way, and just will, you know, anything that isn't, you know, a- absolutely, you know, like like. That 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 um, that America that we've been taught to want is right, yeah. is the devil. Yeah, it, and the art style it's taken from like Norman Rockwell paintings yes. and stuff. It's, you get this very kind of American wholesome vibe, I yeah, guess. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like it looks like fifties and sixties stuff. Like you said, it's right. like this is good old America, right. man. Nothing's wrong here. <laughs> nope, exactly. And the town is called Rockwell. That's right. They named it after yeah. Rockwell, actually. Uh huh. Um, and I guess we should say it's based on a Ted Hughes novel, which um. I, I guess it's not. It's nothing really like the novel. Mm-hmm. They they changed it a lot, especially when Brad Bird got his hands on it. Right. And also, it was going to be like a musical that Pete Townsend made, like guitarist from the Hue. Pete Townsend really had the rights to this, and he was making a musical out of it. Oh my God! Wow. Yeah, like that a rock musical. Okay. <laughs> it would have been like Tommy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Geez. Crazy. But yeah, uh, Red Scare. Everybody gotta love it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So like um, Hogarth is before he meets the giant, he's in school, and he, we've already established that he like he, he kind of gets into these like little um, he, he's he's a, a little scamp around town. He brings a squirrel into the diner, and mm-hmm. like uh, it, it goes up Harry Connick Jr.'s pant leg, and yeah, um, and you know it it, it, it just it's just <laughs> hijinks ensue, and uh-huh. then, like you know there there's uh, it's kind of a almost like a Looney Tune in that moment. Yeah, um, and then when he goes to school. The mood changes significantly because, like, even though it's still a cartoon, as adults, we're watching them watch a propaganda movie. Yep, a um, duck and cover movie. There's, like, there's like a barbershop quartet, like, duck and cover, you mm-hmm. know, and they're showing, like, like kids how to do this, yeah. you know? Outside the window of this schoolhouse in the video, a, a nuke is falling. Yes. And then little Susie just gets under the desk, puts yes. her hands on her head and smiles. <laughs> Yeah, this is real. This was real, though. Like, we showed this stuff to kids. I know. It's so frightening. I Uh mean, our parents were shown these movies, Mm -hmm. and they had to go through these drills, you know. And I like at the end, because a nuke is going to get dropped on the town at the end of the movie. Yes. And Dean, who is Harry Connick Jr.'s character, um, replies to Jennifer Aniston. She's like, well, should we go to a shelter? He goes, it's not going to matter. Yeah. I'm glad they pointed that out. I know. Yeah, we've been feeding people these lies just to make them comfortable. Right, exactly. But no, it's not going to matter. This nuke's falling right on our town, man. Yes, if nuclear war broke out, it's over. The Mm -hmm. whole world is, is, is finished. Yep. And we've been talking about the... The Red Scare aspect of the movie. Uh-huh. And that's just the background of it. Like, the main yeah. draw is like, hey, this is a family movie where a kid makes a friend. <laughs> you know? I know. And I think that's what's great about, you know, not just this movie, but any movie that can do this subversive message. Yes, of course. Especially to children. Right. Um, it's a great thing. And that that's... A, it's not as easy as it looks to do that. Oh, it's incredible. And not hard, be heavy-handed. You're right. Mm-hmm. So good on you, Brad Bird. Yes, the, the, this movie is not preachy. Um, it 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 it, get, it gets its message across in a really effective way, while also 
being something that any kid could go to. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, and, and it's, it's not just of like, you know, we always hear that of like Pixar movies and stuff like that, that, oh, it's, it's, there's a lot of jokes in there for the adults too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hate hearing that hoary old, you know, saying of that's just to get you into the theater with right. your children. Yep. This one, it really is a sophisticated story. It is. You know, and they're not pandering to the kids or the adults. Right. Everything in the movie, it's just appropriate. Yes. You know, it's not like we got to throw something in mm-hmm. that the adults might like. Right. It's just, this is the story we, we made, and it's just that good. Yep. <laughs> exactly. All the jokes, like anyone can laugh at these jokes. Right. You know? Right. Or even the subversiveness, like the kids will pick up on it. You know, yeah, they'll the, get the, it. The, they'll they'll understand it on their level with their frame of reference. Oh well, okay. So I'm I'm looking at these kids. They're watching this movie. That that's what's going on. Right. Um. Like, you know that that they're they're just enjoying it there. Yeah. I I like how they show like well, Hogarth has a bunch of comic books and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's just like one comic book in the background you see. It's called the Red Menace. Yeah. You know, it's a big robot. Yeah. You know, but you know that's Russia. <laughs> right. Man. Of course. <laughs> And and there's the scene when he teaches the giant uh-huh. about superheroes and stuff. Yeah. And he shows them. This is my favorite scene in the movie, probably. Okay. He's hiding the giant in his barn. And uh, he comes out to read the giant a bedtime story. And he brings out a stack of comics. And he's like, I got some good ones. You know? <laughs> and he's showing him all his comics. And he's got a Superman one. And he's like, Superman's good. Uh-huh. He only uses his powers for good. And then there's one with a giant robot named Atomo on it. And he's like, that's a bad guy, you know. (laughs) And the giant sees the robot and knows it's a bad guy and thinks, am I a bad guy? Mm. And Hogarth is like, no, you're not bad. You're like Superman. And this, like, directs the robot to be a good person. Yes. Um, Because the robot has emotions and can think. Right. And we never learn where he comes from, actually. We don't. Like, so we don't know what's up with this robot. He comes from space at yeah. the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But he gets a bump on his head, which I guess uh, made him malfunction, and he doesn't know anything to... what He doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And the robot defensively reacts to weapons, as we learn in the movie, which I think because if the bump on the head didn't happen, he probably just would have been all-out assault. He would have been like he is Some, in the end? Something like that, yes. yeah. Right. But because he bumped his head, I guess, yeah. uh, uh, he's able to be reprogrammed by Hogar. Yeah, it, it gave him like a, a window where he was able to, to, to learn what goodness is. Uh-huh. So he learns that he doesn't have to do that. And I think there's a line in the movie, you know, you are what you choose to be. Mm-hmm. You don't you just have to be what you're made to be. This movie's really good. It's a great movie, yeah. you know, and it's not heavy-handed <laughs> no, either. Not That's at what all. I love about it. It, it, it just it, it strikes all the right notes, and and I mean, like when when they they they, they even get get rid of the, the the problem of hiding the giant in a really interesting way because like you you know Hogarth is visiting him in the forest mm-hmm. and like this this giant. It, you can see it over the trees. I mean, it's that it's it's hundred feet, feet tall. Yeah, right. He's taller than the biggest redwood out there, and. Like Hogarth takes him to uh, Harry Connick Jr.'s like salvage yard. Yeah, that's like stacked up with like old cars and and just a bunch of metal and everything because the giant feeds on metal. Yeah, and that's where they hide him because that's mm-hmm. the only place in the world that he could be hidden. Because mm-hmm. he because if he's just lounging around, he just looks like more junk as long as his eyes are closed. Right. Yeah. Um. And to that point, like they hide him. The movie only takes place over a couple days, apparently. Yeah, looks like it. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, you can't hide a thing like that forever. <laughs> no. You know? So yeah. 
having the movie play out for a long period of time would not really be good. That's true. So right. like the giant comes, there's like a day when he's in the jung the jungle, the forest, <laughs> <laughs> the forest by himself. Uh-huh. And then there's another day where he hides in the barn and another day where he goes to the junkyard. And then it's like, that's almost the end of the movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's right. Um, You can't hide him that long. And I think the movie does a good job with that. It's, mm-hmm kind of realistic yeah like there's all these sightings like hunters see the giant and they're like oh my god that's the monster everyone's talking about yes and you know this gets out quickly you right. know a matter of days right and there's a moment too with those hunters where it's it's kind of it's the first of the really sad moments oh yeah the, the bambi moment yes which just i mean like like they're, they're looking at the giant and uh and hogarth are like kind of exploring the forest together and they see this deer and they're just appreciating the deer in nature yeah and the deer kind of gets spooked and just starts running running away. And they're, they're like, okay, well, let, let's just kind of creep on it like so we can look at it some more. And they hear a gunshot. And these two guys who aren't evil yeah. have shot the deer. Just hunters. Right. Um, they're probably going to, you know, use the deer, I guess, like you're supposed to. Yeah. But when they see the giant, they get spooked. And the giant becomes really emotional over this deer dying. Mm-hmm. And that's when he makes the um, the connection of, like, guns. Guns kill. Guns kill. Mm-hmm. Am I a gun? Yeah. Um, which... God, am I a gun? <laughs> it's so... That is a strong it sentence. Is. It is. It's simplistic, and it's, it's deceptively simple. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. It's... It's such a loaded question. Right. Am I a gun? Right. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's every kid in crazy. the it is because every kid in the audience can immediately appreciate it, right? Because kids just know, like the the giant is treated like a like a kid learning yes. things. So, yes. so that that's what better way to get your message across to children that's than right. this? That's right. And I love the animation. Of, oh man, of the whole movie, but in this scene too, like the giants like poking at the deer, like come on, what's wrong with you? Yeah, and the deer's body is just kind of moving. Like a dead body would move. Right. It's it's really good animation. Yes. It's like you said, it's very sad. I know. And I mean, like, I I remember like in the opening scene of the movie after the after the giant like saves those saves I guess M M at Walsh from that storm. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe when I saw that. Like, oh my god, it was M M at Walsh. Yeah. But he um, like there there's a dissolve from like the dark storm to kind of like the sunlight over the town. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the most gorgeous panoramic shots you've ever seen in yeah, a movie. It's good. And I don't know if this is if this is CG or if it's hand drawn. Um, a, a lot of it is hand drawn. It is. Okay. I think the giant is entirely CG. Okay. But they programmed the CG to look hand drawn. Like they even programmed in like the lines to squiggle sometimes, so it looks animated by hand. Uh, but most of the movie I know is hand drawn. Why don't they do that with everything? I don't know. <laughs> why don't they? I mean, come on. What do we? If we we can make CG look hand drawn, why aren't we doing that? Pixar? I don't know, dude. I don't need to see like like just sort of three dimensional. What? Oh man! But, it should, uh, <laughs> cartoons should look like the Iron Giant. God damn it! But there's different kinds of cartoons, Dave. Are there? I mean, yeah. like, like, but uh, until 20 years ago, we didn't know. Like when Toy Story came out, okay, oh, this is something different. Now we do everything to look like Toy Story. Whatever. Yeah, I don't you know, know. I don't. I don't appreciate it. I. I, I just. I can't. And, and I mean, I, I'm all. I'm, I've converted on technology, but but like this is one thing, one area where I'm, st- I'm sticking by it. I I prefer to 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 think that like some of the best animated movies ever made in this country come from the 1940s. Yeah, they're great. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's just like like 
Chuck Jones and all those guys, mm-hmm. uh, they, 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 they were masters at what they did. They're really good. Yeah. This is good, too. This is great. Okay. This is great. <laughs> I, and I, I love it. But, but when, you, when you mention like, the, the effect that you can make something that is CG look hand-drawn, mm-hmm. then, then you should use that effect whenever possible. Yeah, that'd be good. Right. Uh, mo- but like you said, most movies now have become fully CG. Yes. So why would you want it to look hand-drawn, though, if the whole movie's CG? I don't know. I mean, you could do that. That'd be interesting to see, though. Yeah. Do a full CG movie and try to make it look like a hand-drawn movie. That, that would be... I'm sure they've done that, actually. Yeah, I can't possible. think of it. Right. It's just uh, it's just my personal aesthetic choice right, of, yeah. of what I like to yeah. look at. And yeah. I know this movie is considered oftentimes to be one of the last great hand-animated films. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, which is why it's so deceptive, because the giant isn't hand-drawn. Yeah. But... Man, he looks good. I know, I know. <laughs> and he, the, I love the scale of him. He yes. looks towering. Yes. Like when he stands up, like it takes a few seconds for him to just rise. Like I know, it's insane. It like is. how good they make him look in this movie. It's and, awesome. And the percept, like the the kind of like the depth and perception of everything. Uh-huh. Like when when they show like a, a sort of a POV from him looking down at Hogarth when he's standing fully straight. Uh huh. Um, I mean, like it, it is. Like like Hogarth almost disappears. Yeah, because he's just like it's like you're looking out the window of a skyscraper at that time. Mm-hmm. Man, it's it's really good. It's really awesome stuff. Th- there's some other stuff in this movie, uh, like like that I really appreciate. Um, I think the movie was rated PG, mm-hmm. and I I think mostly that had to do with like the the whole duck and cover you know America stuff that was that was like instead of just through, G you know, or it was yeah instead of G it was rated PG. Okay. Um, which I mean, I, I I don't I hope that that didn't stop parents from taking their children to see it. Um, I'm sure it did in some cases, but like the once they once they had the PG rating, what I really like about the script is that they started to put like what the hell into children's mouths, like saying that. Yeah. Yes, because mm-hmm. Hogarth is the right age to start saying what the hell I feel. Yep. Um, that's probably when I started saying it. Yeah. And you know. Uh, th- there's also like um the whole thing of like Harry Connick Jr. being a beatnik. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. that that that's in there too, on top of the other stuff, and and like, I, I I there's no other like swear words in it, but it was like it was almost like okay, we got a PG thirteen rating, we're kind of free to like you know put stuff in the script that wouldn't normally be in a Disney movie. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, I agree. I don't know if they put that in before it got PG. Or did, yeah, did you think I, 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 I don't, don't I don't know. I'm not sure how the, the the progression went, but but it just like like that that was something that definitely sets it apart from like other animated movies at the time. I mean like Mulan didn't have any casual swearing in it. Right, yeah, that's know. true. <laughs> <laughs> just destruction of native people. Yes, you know, exactly. What, <laughs> oh god, I know. <laughs> that's G. That's family wholesome <laughs> exactly. entertainment, Dave. Yes. Hey, Anastasia's coming out, it's rated G. <laughs> the Romanovs are getting assassinated, you know, like just their their heads smashed against the wall. Uh. Rated G. Hey, you animate it, and you're good. It's all good, man. You're good. It's all good. <laughs> um, the movie was critically received, mm-hmm. but uh, it didn't get a good box office. I know that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's blamed mainly on marketing mm-hmm. because it wasn't marketed right. Right. Um, I don't know how it was marketed, but that's what I've read is that the marketing for it was wrong. I don't know if they went to try to make it like a feel good family fun you know yeah. laugh a minute type silly stuff uh-huh but that's not what this is it's a real you know important stuff kind of movie but they could have but they still could have marketed it that way yeah they should have you know and and when when you have a movie that's this good and that it, that's a cartoon mm-hmm. that and it doesn't make the money that, mm-hmm. that you're supposed that was supposed to make i mean h- how do you mess that up i don't know 
And may it seems impossible that you could mess that up. I don't want to say that it's a, maybe it was ahead of its time even, but um, I think it probably in some ways it was. It could have been. Yeah, but man, like it's got a huge cult following now. Like now yes. it's it's considered one of the greatest animated films ever made. I know. And when it came out, it didn't make any money. That 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 that's that's really <laughs> I I have no but idea isn't how that, that how it goes. I know that's how it goes, man. Like the art speaks for itself. Yes. Over time. Yes. Things rise up to the top. The cream of the crop, I know, Dave, man. comes it, out. It, it, it does. <laughs> it, it always rises, and like, and and yeah, I I guess when you're the filmmaker or or you're anybody that's involved with it, you, you got, I guess you just have to like remind yourself, okay, so this one didn't work, mm-hmm. but in 18 years, man, people are gonna say, hey, you guys did great. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and that's tough because you know you want recognition in your time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Vin Diesel's performance. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I am this, this is that, just right. a joke because yeah <laughs> he's the voice of the giant and uh-huh. Dave and I always joke about how he's he's Groot in the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxies yes. movie and everyone's like god Vin Diesel's so good in that movie no he's not no, he doesn't he's fucking not. do anything he's doing nothing <laughs> he hardly does anything in this movie either I know so yeah but yeah I just wanted to mention Vin Diesel does the voice of the giant which That's I mean crazy. It, it, it is weird but this and is like, pre Fast and the Furious Vin Diesel though yes, right yes. so this is pitch black Vin Diesel yeah this is his early career he's just like I guess I'll do some voice work or something which I don't know. it makes sense because he he is blessed with a great voice yeah I mean he's he's got like a really deep baritone yeah and i don't know if they were like putting it through a filter to make it like sound like metallic or whatever if that's his real voice if he's actually doing that you know that that stuff then that's pretty that's kind of impressive yeah. yeah yeah he's like daniel hillard you know <laughs> yes he is he's daniel hillard level <laughs> he <should be> mrs <laughs> doubtfire <laughs> can you see vin diesel doing like robin williams stick you know what i'm picturing now like like the scene in mrs doubtfire where like he's where he goes to the job interview at the, at the he's like, i do a great impression of a hot dog yes just, just imagine yeah, just, imagine like, vin, vin diesel, diesel doing the impression scene. of the hot dog and ronald reagan and and james bond and a bunch of other hacky bullshit <laughs> vin diesel as mrs doubtfire now that's something. Well, yes. <laughs> oh man, one thing. Why does the giant need to eat metal? I, I need to know that. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it seems like he's made of metal. He th- needs to eat metal. I guess that's the only thing that can get through his system. <laughs> I guess maybe it. Why does he need to eat? <laughs> it's a, it is, I guess he needs fuel. Yes, power um, somehow. It, it's it's entirely a plot device. You're yeah, right. Yeah, it is. It, there, it there's means no nothing. Reason. I know because because <laughs> it's not just that he he he. Because uh, when, when I remember when the first when the first time that, that they that he needs to eat, I thought okay, he took he took a bite out of that car. He's probably sated for a while, but that's not the case. He has to eat like ten cars. Uh, yeah, you know, at, at, like all throughout the day in order to like you know maintain this yeah. power. Which I mean, uh, I mean, he's huge. I mean, he's like a humpback <laughs> whale. He's got to eat like well, ten thousand pounds of krill a day or something. That's exactly. Yes. Um, I love how it how he takes bites out of things though. Like I uh-huh. like that in the in the story. Yeah. Like you always see like this guy has a tractor with a bite missing. Or when Christopher <laughs> McDonald shows up in the woods, he's investigating, he's like, This is bullshit. I don't yeah. believe this. And he comes back to his car and he opens the driver's side and sits in and he looks to the right and the whole passenger side of the car has a big chomp missing out of it. Yes. It's pretty awesome. It is cool. Mm-hmm. And and it's a great like like sort of reaction by Christopher McDonald's character uh-huh. of like immediately recognizing that that oh, this is serious. Yeah. You know? Something's happened. Right. And he's not trying to rationalize it. He because right. he knows. He's like, Wow. Mm-hmm. Nothing can do this. No. Except uh, for maybe what this crazy dude just told me about. Yes. There is an iron giant on the loose. Definitely. I have visual proof of this. And he runs back and be like, look, guys, look, my car is missing. Yep. 
or my car has a bite and his car's gone. Yeah. And they're just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> Where'd you park your car? Right. <laughs> I'm glad that you brought up Christopher McDonald again because I, I, I think that like his character in general is, is kind of what, what is the driver of the movie because like the plot moves because of him. Yeah. And in addition to like teaching kids like to not trust authority figures, it, it's not just a thing of like putting up a middle finger to any adult who's telling you what to do. Right. It's explaining why you shouldn't respect this person and yeah. you shouldn't trust this person. Like Christopher McDonald is like the ultimate in hypocrisy. Yeah, um, definitely. He, he's a, it's all about America, right? And then he goes to America and he starts telling people that that, that they're shit and they're insignificant and I'm going to be out of here in five minutes because this is garbage. Yep. And then when when it looks like he might get a career advancement because he found something, then all of a sudden he's gung-ho about it. Yep. And in the end, the whole thing goes to shit because of him. Only exclusively because of him. It is. Because he calls in the army. Yeah. I guess he reports to some general. Yeah. And the general comes in with tons of troops and, and they end up duping the army you know, showing the giant, mm-hmm. but they pretend it's Harry Connick Jr.'s like art project yes. or whatever. Yes. And so now Christopher McDonald's made a fool right. and uh, he's got to, you know, clear out his desk. Right. Uh, and then uh, the army general and everyone leaves and then they see the giant who finally gets revealed to the town because the giant saves two boys who are falling off a building. That's right. Um, and the town is staring at him just in awe, like, right. wow. Is this the thing everyone's talking about? Mm-hmm. He just saved those kids. This is right. amazing. And they're not scared. They're not scared of him. Right. And then they, Chris McDonald sees him in the rearview mirror and it's like, everybody, look, look. Yep. And the army sees him and they go back. And the only reason the army fires on him is because Christopher McDonald tells them that the giant has killed a boy. <laughs> that's killed Hogarth. It's it, oh that that line uh, which is a pure a lie I know out of nowhere exactly made up out of whole cloth he killed a kid yep um, and it's just because he wants this thing destroyed yes only him it it, it makes you sick and and, th- and then the general eventually sees the boys alive mm-hmm. after they've already triggered the giant to go berserker mode on everyone right uh, he sees that the kid's alive and he realizes immediately. That Christopher McDonald's a piece of shit. Yes. And he's like, the boy's alive. You're out of here, man. Right. Call off the attack. Right. This is crazy. Yes. And and, and he's given, like, unlike in real life, when an authority figure has committed an obvious crime, mm-hmm. um, Christopher McDonald is immediately taken into custody, mm-hmm. and he's going to be prosecuted. Yeah. Um, and, like, th- that's, that's a great thing for kids to see. Is yeah. is that if you if you um, misuse your position, yeah, um, you will face consequences. You abuse your power, right? Yeah, that's what's going to happen. And hopefully, these kids who saw it in 1999 grew up to be people who would actually prosecute these kinds of people. I hope so. You know, and they're, they're about to drop a nuke on the giant. Mm-hmm. That's the only th- way they can take him out, right? Because the general's like, "We've hit him with everything we've got, and it's not doing anything." Yeah. And Christopher McDonald's like, "Not everything, sir. Mm. The bomb." And the general's like, you want to drop a bomb on American soil? Yeah. And then Chris McDonald comes up with a good idea. It's not good to drop a nuke on him, but mm-hmm. he's logically sound. Yes, you of know, course. The giant follows whatever. Right. We can lead him away. Right. And then drop a bomb on him. Yeah. And the general's like, okay, let's do it. Right. And then after this, he realizes, you know, oh, wait, you're a piece of shit. Yep. I'm not <laughs> listening to you anymore. Exactly. And then the giant's in the town. And Hogarth shows up to try to appease the giant, you mm-hmm. know, calm him down. Right. 
And uh, he does that. And then Christopher McDonald realizes, all right, I have one final chance to destroy this thing. He grabs the intercom from the general and yells to fire the nuke, and they launch it. It's chilling. Yeah. This guy just grabbed this thing and yells Mm -hmm. into the freaking speaker that you need to launch this now. He has no authority to do this. Right. He's just blinded by greed to do this. And he has a line where he says, screw our country. Yeah, yeah. You know, like... like Once like, he realizes the nuke is coming directly yes. where they are. Yes. Yeah. Captain America. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like all... You know, like... like it's, it's the same as if, like, Joe McCarthy had said, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you know, screw our country, which is what was in his soul. Mm-hmm. You know, like... And, and it's it's this great reveal and... Screw our country. I'm out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And... And they, the giant puts his hand down and stops, like, crashes the car that Chris McDonald's in. <laughs> right. And the general, like, I think the general gets him out and it's like, you're going to die with the rest of us like a good soldier. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it, great. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and John Mahoney is playing the general. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's good. <laughs> and the way, like, the whole thing kind of, uh, like, when, when they did fire that nuke from an aircraft carrier, it went straight up into the air. And the town... The, the people in Rockwell, specifically like Harry Connick Jr. and Jennifer Aniston, it's like you mentioned earlier, the, mm-hmm. the, the line where Harry Connick says, you know, it's over. You know, it's not going to matter anyway. Matter. We don't have to do all those drills. They, they've like kind of made their peace with the idea that they're going to die, and mm-hmm. so have the, the troops. Um, and the, the giant, in a really, you know, altruistic move, decides he's going to save the town because he is Superman. Mm-hmm. And he does a very Superman move yeah. in which he... Uh, like launches himself up into the atmosphere to intercept the bomb. Yep. And take the full fallout on his own. You know, just like he's gonna inter- he's gonna like wrestle it, and then he'll take the blast. Uh huh. And he and he says something to Hogarth. You know, because Hogarth doesn't want him to go. Mm-hmm. He wants him to stay. Yeah. And the giant says a callback to what Hogarth said earlier. He says, "You stay, I go, no following." And he just, the tears start rolling. Oh, my God. And, and, and Hogarth says, before he leaves, he goes, I love you. Uh-huh. And I was, a, I'm a middle-aged man destroyed by a cartoon for 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Oh, man. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he flies up into the air, intercepts the bomb. And right before he, you know, impacts with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear a voiceover of what Hogarth said earlier is you are who you choose to be or Dean said it or something. Yes. And then the giant closes his eyes and says, Superman and smiles. Mm-hmm. And then boom, Ugh. it's pretty good. It's what so a selfless good. act. I know. To save these people who were just trying to kill you. Yep. yep. That's great. I know. <laughs> I know. He's, he's the noblest of creatures. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It's a, wow. Yeah. That's a great message it's, to send to. And, God, it, 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 it just, it just, <laughs> we can't even talk. I know. And, and honestly, like the only, the, the other emotion I'm feeling right now is, is getting more and more agitated at the idea that people didn't go to see this movie. Yeah. That, that it didn't, that it wasn't in its time, you know, an American classic mm-hmm. because people should have been in that theater and like showing this to their children. But I, I wonder too, if I'm going to be a conspiracy theorist, if like right wing <laughs> literature was, was telling parents not to go see this because it's got subversion in it and it's, it's full of pinkos. I don't know. Maybe. But you know, uh, that, that <laughs> who knows? But, um, yeah, th- this movie's excellent and it's got a great message and it's what kids should be thinking about. Yeah. You know, definitely. Um, 
Anything else, Dave? I can't think of anything else that we haven't covered um, other than just that, like, one thing I enjoyed early in the movie was when um, Jennifer Aniston calls up Hogarth and she says she has to, like, work a second shift at the diner. Uh Uh-huh. You know, like, this movie, not only does it get everything right story-wise, but art direction and just, like, um, little touches here and there, they're... Hogarth is watching like grade Z horror movies yeah. on TV. Yep. The movie that's in It's like nineteen fifties Z grade, you know, monster sci fi movies. They get that right even. Yeah. Like that movie he's watching is so perfect. Oh, it's a guy in a lab uh-huh. with a brain in a jar <laughs> and a, a sexy scientist girl with him. Yes. And he's like, All right, let's go for a nightcap. How about my place? <laughs> And then he's like, oh, wait, I forgot my keys in the lab. It's the worst acting. Yes. Like, that's what this movie would be. And he goes back and the brain, like, eats his head. Uh-huh. Like, that, right. that is perfect. <laughs> it is perfect. It's so cool. 50 sci-fi. I know. And, and, and you kind of, like, unlike other movies where they show you a movie that, that's, like, interesting, you're kind of, mm-hmm. like, you're just appreciating it in that moment of, like, wow, these people really understood their mm-hmm. their yeah. their material. Yep. Um. And and while Hogarth is watching it too, he he's in like a kid paradise. Oh, he's like yeah. built a fort in the living room. Uh-huh. And he's got a bunch of Twinkies and stuff. And he he has a Twinkie and he fills it with more like oh. cool whip. Oh <laughs> like man. he's got one of those you He's know, got a ready whip. A ready whip, a yes. nozzle, yes. You know, oh, whipped cream, and he sticks it in the Twinkie to fill it up. And he <laughs> injects a Twinkie with more cream yeah. and then puts the whole thing in his mouth while oh. watching this excellent film. It was great. <laughs> Yes, I wanted to be Hogarth in that moment. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yep. Well, uh, one of my favorite jokes in the movie that I think is really perfectly executed is when he's trying to say grace at dinner. Oh, you remember yeah. that? Yeah, that's a really good it's joke. It's really funny. Uh-huh. Because the giant the giant has the ability to reassemble itself. Uh-huh. So the giant's hiding in the shed or the barn out back. And I guess his hand is missing still. Yes. And the hand is trying to crawl its way oh, back. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. And... Jennifer Aniston and Hogarth are sitting there for dinner, and she's like, well, why don't you say grace? And he's like, okay. And then behind her, the hand is crawling through the kitchen, <laughs> you know, just like, gotta hide the puppy situation. Yes. And, and Hogarth is like trying to say a prayer, but uh-huh. he keeps freaking out in the middle of it because yep. the hand is about to like come in. <laughs> and he's saying stuff like, oh, get out of here! Satan? Yes. Like, he yes. keeps inserting, like, <laughs> biblical things to make it some kind of prayer. And his mom's like, what? Because every time he says something like that, yeah. his mom, like, raises an eyebrow and he's like, yeah. Satan? Yeah. Uh, and, and like, the, the whole scene, too, has almost like goes, a... He, it starts out, he goes, oh, my God! Uh-huh. Please bless our food. <laughs> it's so funny. I know, man. It's really good. And it's also kind of a scary scene, too, because it's like Evil Dead 2 in some ways. Oh, my with God. With yeah, just yeah. like, you know, go all around the, the, the you know. It flips off Hogarth. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. God. Man, it's it's cool. And also, too. The, the giant has a chainsaw on his hand. Yes, and it becomes yeah, ash. It becomes right? ash. <laughs> If this movie turned into Army of Darkness at the end, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, sweet lord! <laughs> There's also a couple of like of like shit taking jokes in the movie, which I, uh-huh. I think is pretty funny. Um, Christopher McDonald has a, a Jeff Daniels experience. On oh the toilet god, after yeah. Hogarth spikes his his shake with chocolax. Yeah, definitely. Um, that th- th- that should be in a lot of kids' movies. I feel. Yeah, people like you, you know, gotta having, add laxative jokes. Of in course, kids you movies. need it's explosive great. diarrhea in in your child's movie. 
<laughs> and it, it, he's like doing a, it's a montage of him investigating yes and like every time he's looking at a clue you see his face go hmm? uh-huh. and, and then like it cuts to a bathroom I know. <laughs> oh round six yep uh. <laughs> yeah it's it's juvenile and it's awesome i know it's cool oh okay i'm good i think I, I think i've talked about everything yes uh so would you recommend this dave this is a four star recommend four for out of me. five yeah. stars mm-hmm. there you go yep good job yeah I, i'd do the same thing four stars recommend this to everybody yep adults kids giants whatever <laughs> yes, exactly. iron giants you know grass giants whatever sure. you're made of sentient metallic yeah. beings yeah. yes Anything. everybody should check it out government agents yes please government agents especially please. government yes. agents all of you assholes out there <laughs> just, just watch iron giant and and better your lives <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> All right, so that wraps things up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe in iTunes, rate it, review it, and most of all, share it. It gets more dudes listening to the dudes. Join the dude army. Hashtag dude army. Yes. If you don't use <laughs> iTunes, I'm bringing it back, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. Again, for like the eighth time. <laughs> you can find us in any other podcatcher of your choosing. You know, rate us and review us there, please. Or you go to dudesonmovies.com and you can find anything you need right there. Yes, and we have an email address, dudesonmovies at gmail.com, and we're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and our website, dudesonmovies.com. Yeah, on the Instagram, we post pictures of these movies every day, folks, yep. so get on there. Right. Uh, Dave, what is this week's question of the week? Question of the week, uh, we telegraphed this one, too. What animated movie made you cry as an adult? <laughs> yes. Uh, so let us know. Mm-hmm. Was it The Iron Giant? It probably was The Iron Giant. Yeah, probably was. <laughs> All right, so stay tuned next week. We've already told you, but we're doing 1982's Blade Runner, directed by Ridley Scott and starring Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. We're going to do the final cut. Yes. So until next week, I'm your dude Scott. I'm your dude Dave. And we'll see you next time. Mm